Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 184 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm fine, Joe. I tried to take a sick day today. I tried to get Todd to fill in for me, but my plans fell through, so here we are. Why? Because it's opening day for baseball? <laughs> yeah, there's like one game that didn't get rained out, but uh, <laughs> I think that's also why I'm here. You know, I, I mean, I'm totally dedicated to the show is why I'm here. That, that's right, why. right. Because, you know, today's game is just as crucial as the 165th game that gets played at the end of the season. You have to build a strong foundation at the beginning of the season. That's that's why. It's it's that's very – momentum is important to <laughs> baseball. <laughs> Yes, those those three to five ga- uh, those three to five game stretches followed by two to three days of travel, followed by another three to five day stretch and another three to two to three day of travel. Really, that momentum is important. <laughs> well, you know, there's only one day off of baseball in between game in between series. This is they don't take multiple days to travel. They should. <laughs> Stretch the season out longer, you know? It, it, baseball should be an all-year type thing. They should have all of it in stadiums and domes, I mean. Well, I remember World Wrestling Entertainment told me when the baseball strike happened back in the 90s, <laughs> their season never ends because they don't give a shit about their performers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before you said that, I was going to say that they should take off-seasons to refresh their batteries and maybe, mm-hmm. uh, as you as you often say, I can't miss you if you don't go away. Yeah, and listen, with, you know, a lot of people kind of shit on uh, AEW for as bloated as a roster they have, and they sign everyone, and, like, you can't have everyone be on TV all the time. Mm. Right. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. You know, what it boils down to, if you look at, like, a 12-month calendar year, if everyone's on TV for, like, nine months of that, I don't know, having three months off is pretty good. Yeah, recharges the batteries of the performers, too. You know, less wear and tear on their bodies. Give them some family time, you know? Yeah. Build in a little mini rotating off-season for everybody. Exactly. All right, but this show doesn't have an off-season. Nope, we don't. Uh, unless I'm out of the country, we don't take time <laughs> off. Exactly. And even if we do, Adam doubles down and produces, <laughs> like, more content than anyone was expecting. <laughs> you know me, hardest worker in the network. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, you're at least in the I would I would say uh, they joke around on uh, we need wrestling that the four pillars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what are they? They call me the the godfather of the soon to be named network. And Todd is the prince of the soon to be named network. <laughs> I don't know where you fit in there. Yeah. I When I heard that, uh, I was like, yeah, I'm not one of the pillars. I'm OK with that. I'm not going to try to shoehorn myself into that gimmick. Yeah. I'll say this, though. Uh, Profane Arguments, Puzzle Warriors 3 have been here pretty much since the beginning, and it's very much hands-off. I reach out to them, and they ignore me. So this is just... Yeah, well, what are you going to do? They're grandfathered in, unless they, you know, completely go off the rails, you know? Yeah. There's a reason why some shows are in the plugs and some aren't. That's all. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And now, At Odds With Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. So, Adam, this is a big day in wrestling history. All right. It's mania season. I feel like every This Day in History has been busy lately. Right. So let's get it out of the way. Uh, We got 1997, our raw Nitro head-to-head stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Nitro, not much to write home about. More continuing uh, whose side is staying on, even though he very clearly helps Dallas Page against the approaching forces of the NWO. Mm-hmm. But we play whose side is he on for at least another four months. Um, Ultimo Dragon defeated Prince Iakea for the TV title. Yay. Right. <laughs> uh, over on Raw, uh, as the changes are continuing to happen, uh, this is the first episode of Raw where they've changed like the dress over to everything being red and black. Okay. Uh, even though, like, they had introduced, like, uh, for the, what would have been, I think, was the 200th episode, where, like, officially it was called, like, Raw's War and the War Zone for the two hours, um, all those, like, things there, but, like, this is now the beginning of the red and black motif for everything. Okay. Um, I'm reading ahead, and I apologize, I'm getting myself into trouble. Does this say that Sid no-showed? This okay. episode of Raw? <laughs> yeah, so the advertised main event was Mankind versus uh, Psycho Sid. And then just out of nowhere, they're just like, well, Sid's gone. And Austin, who had already wrestled earlier that night, just comes out and him and Mankind have like a brawl. Huh, isn't it a little early for softball? <laughs> well, so Sid comes back for one more episode during the summer. Leading up to like the U.S. forces against the full front of the Hart Foundation, where mm-hmm. they do, like, this promo on the stage where, like, Austin cuts this promo, and then, like, Michaels comes out, and then the Patriot comes out, and then, like, the LOD come out, and then Sid comes out. It's the first time Sid's been on TV now in two months, and then that would be the last time that he was on WF TV. He doesn't even come back again. It was one of those things where he did the opening promo, went back to his hotel, and then stopped returning calls. <laughs> All right. Sounds about right. But just also so you know that we're not fully into the Attitude Era just yet, this episode of Raw was the debut of the Commandant, who would be the leader of the Truth Commission. (laughs) He comes out and cuts a promo and says that next week he'll be introducing the Truth Commission. And I think this guy, the Commandant, uh, lasts maybe a month before he's replaced by the Jackal. Okay, see, because I was about to ask, because I remember the Jackal, and I'm like, did they just change the name? But I have no recollection of the Commandant. Right, the Commandant was a guy who Brett met while (laughs) filming the Aladdin movie that Brett was in. And uh, Brett was like, hey, can we give my buddy a job? (laughs) And, you know, lasted a month. Yeah. As somebody who has fully earned his spot in every wrestling thing he's ever done, I hate people that just get gigs because they know somebody, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) And I will say this from this episode of Raw. uh, 1997, there's a match of the Headbangers taking on Freddie Joe Floyd and Barry Horowitz. Like, I didn't know Barry Horowitz was still kicking around the WWE this late into this run. Like, I thought he quietly wrapped things up like late 95, early 96, and then he was done. Well, you still, it's like how you'd have like the Brooklyn Brawler pop up for another couple of years too, just randomly. Yeah, but the Brawler was office, you know, like yeah. he was on the road, he was an agent, he helped like do the backstage vignettes and stuff. You know, Barry Horowitz is like a hired hand, like he wasn't anything, you know, I'd be interested to like look more into that, you know. <laughs> do a journalism on Barry Horowitz? Yeah, on like why he was on this random Raw in 1997. <laughs> All right. Get, let me get back to me on that. 
I will. So on this day in wrestling history, Adam, there was not one, not two, but three WrestleManias all took place on this day, April 7th in wrestling history. All right. This day in wrestling history, 36 years ago, was WrestleMania 2. What the world has come to, I think, was the tagline. (laughs) Vince is a very old and confused man. Uh, So this was like the hubris of Vince McMahon, as you're going to see me pull this information up. So Uh uh, Starcade, the year before, decided to do two cities. I think they did like Chicago and Greensboro. So Vince is like, fuck you. I'm going to do three cities at once. But I'm going to go so overboard with celebrities as I have this opened up. Okay. Uh, Just some of the celebrities. This was from the program uh, (laughs) for WrestleMania 2. Ricky Schroeder, Susan St. James, Claire Peller. Do you know who Claire Peller is? I I don't know who any, well, anybody you named so far is. Okay. Uh, Susan St. James was the wife of Dick Ebersol, who was in charge of NBC at the time. Okay. Uh, Ricky Schroeder. The star of Silver Spoons and current, like, nutcase? Yeah, was he on, like, NYPD Blue or something at some point, like, 20 years ago? Or Possibly. All right, I kind of know who that is. Claire Peller was the Where's the Beef lady? Oh, fucking, they pulled out all the stops. <laughs> G. Gordon Liddy, Dick Buttkiss, Cab Calloway, Daryl Dawkins. Uh, I think Elvira was the guest commentator. Uh, on the L.A. side, Ozzy Osbourne accompanied the British Bulldogs to the ring. Um, this was the Mr. T and Roddy Piper boxing match. I, I, I was wondering if you were going to quiz me because I was going to say three. <laughs> no, <laughs> I see, I was, three. okay, no but, quizzes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was, but I, I was going to say, could you name the three cities where they did the WrestleMania no, from? Now. Please, I can't name one of them. <laughs> uh, well, it was L.A. New York, Chicago, no, Chicago, oh. and the and the dump that is uh, the Meadowlands in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I'm just if you're gonna have Ozzy Osbourne and like Mr. T on your your celebrity list, why are you advertising Cab Calloway, who I assume is Uncle Mark's like dad or something? No, uh, Cab <laughs> Calloway was like a jazz musician. Oh, jeez. All right, I know who Dick Buckus is. Right. Well, th- this was also the um, NFL versus WWE Superstars Battle Royal. Yep. I was going to say, I knew, I remember there being a Battle Royal, the boxing match, and then the main. Right. Well. And those are the main events of each of the, each of the, each of the cards. Yeah. Because like each thing had like three or four matches, depending on whatever. Battle Royal was Chicago. Piper T was Meadowlands. And then Bundy and Hogan in the cage was L.A. What a great time to watch wrestling. (laughs) And that's the thing, like, you know, this is, you know, Jake Roberts had just come in, Macho Man, like, these, this is like the next wave of LJN figures. Yeah. I think there was a funk on this thing, a funk or two. Uh, So, speaking of the dump that is New Jersey and the Meadowlands, (laughs) uh, we flash forward to nine years ago. WrestleMania 29 from MetLife Stadium. Uh, If you see the card there in front of you at the bottom of the screen, 
yeah. I would say a pretty unremarkable um uh WrestleMania for the most part. Uh yeah, Del Rio versus Swagger. <laughs> right. And the, Undertaker and the top, CM Punk. I was complaining yeah, about that your, last week. Your top 3 matches, Taker and Punk, uh John Cena versus The Rock for the title, uh twice in a lifetime. And Triple H versus Brock Lesnar in a no-holds-barred match with the stipulation that if Triple H loses, he would have to retire from active competition. <laughs> Just nine years later. Just nine years later. Yeah. <laughs> now, we return to MetLife Stadium in 2019. Yeah. WrestleMania starts to become a more unwieldy thing than it was before. <laughs> This is this is the WrestleMania that I got free tickets to, and I dodged a bullet by not going to. If you remember, this was the weekend of the Orange Cassidy is doing something GCW show. Yes, yes, you're right. So again, you know, I have it here in front of me. Couple memorable matches. You got that main event of Becky Lynch and Ronda and Charlotte. Um, another Triple H versus Batista, no holds barred match. Where if Triple H lost, he'd be forced to retire. <laughs> I don't know why they would keep doing that as a stipulation, because, like, who cares? <laughs> Vince was trying to give uh, Paul a, a hint. <laughs> yes. Um, the Iconics winning the tag titles. The there we infamous go. story with uh, Bailey and Sasha throwing the temper tantrum backstage that may or may not have been true. Ah, oh, good old days when the Iconics were given the respect that they deserve. That's right. You but know. do you remember what other match happened on this day three years ago, Adam? Of course I don't. <laughs> well, uh, oh wait, 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 I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about like outside of Mania. No, uh, on this Mania. Yeah, Bros- Broski and Hawkins uh, won the Raw Tag Titles. That's right. I purposely am blocking it here from the shared screen. Um, but yeah, three years ago today, man, like what a big moment for those two clowns, huh? I really wish there were like multiple, multiple figures that captured that night. <laughs> like maybe a set of bendies and some Remco's and uh, lots of other merch. If only there was a way that they could capitalize on that event. Well, they didn't get any new elites from Mattel based on these this gear. Yeah. <laughs> so they def- this was the definition of going into business for yourself. Yeah. What a major moment, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, hey, let's get into last week because, hey, there's been a, got- a lot of goddamn wrestling over the last week, huh? Yeah. Um, I'll be completely blunt. I have here as my note for things to talk about is just simply WrestleMania. Um, okay. I, I think I would do it injustice if I picked like one or two things from there and then try to squeeze all their stuff in. So like I have a lot of things that I want to kind of go over with Mania, and I realize Final Wrestling Place beat us to beat us to publication. Uh, thanks for coming back, guys. Stealing all over thunder, but a lot of things on there that I want to say first foremost. I was wrong, Joe. I said on this very podcast last week, I was like, well, all I care about, this is me sounding stupid, all I care about is Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Everything else is stupid. But I watched both nights uh, just so I can send out some award-winning viral tweets, some of which got upwards of three likes. (laughs) So I wanted to watch it all live. And I came out of both nights 
with like there was some head scratching stuff. There was some stuff that I was like, okay, this is actively bad. But I feel like there was enough good on both nights that I came out of it being like pleasantly surprised with Mania. And I'll talk about some of them, and I'll, you know, I'm sure you're going to chime in as well. Uh, but like overall, the two nights, like yeah, it's too long, and there's a lot of stuff I would have cut. But like I enjoyed WrestleMania. Like there was stuff in there, and I'm not the first person to say it. But when WWE does spectacle right, they do it better than anybody else. So like. Uh, like I said, I want to go into kind of a little bit more detail of some stuff, but I'll throw it over to you. But Mania, like, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the two-night presentation. I I would certainly say WrestleMania exceeded expectations. Yeah. Uh, the WWE product over the last, like, I'll, I'll be conservative and say the last, like, three to four months has been lackluster and uninspiring, to say the least. Mm-hmm. And going into it, I was eagerly anticipating, like, two or three matches with a wary eye toward others. And the stuff that delivered, uh, the stuff that I wasn't expecting delivered, the stuff that I was expecting to deliver, over-delivered. Yeah. Um, You know, Becky versus uh, Bianca Belair was amazing. Uh, Definitely stole the show for night one. Uh, The Austin versus uh, Kevin Owens stuff. I was wrong about, I thought they were not going to do an actual match, but they did an actual match. And Austin's taking fucking suplexes on the floor, you know? Yeah. Uh, Like a goddamn madman. And then night two, um, you know, nothing was a stinker. I was expecting Ronda versus Charlotte to be this uncooperative thing, but they (laughs) managed to cobble something together. Um. You know, the the debut of Cody, which another thing that I was wrong on. I thought they would wait until the next night on Raw, but um, I'm a big man to admit when I'm wrong, and I was wrong there. And uh, listen, I'm not a Cody guy. I'll never be a Cody guy. Uh, I know young Ed on Pod Van Dam extolled the virtues of Cody being a lying sociopath, which guilty as charged, folks. Um, I, I got goosebumps when he came out, man. It was a cool moment, you know? Yeah, and, and again, uh, I'll take my my second victory lap here. I said, let him keep the music, let him keep the the Cody Vader, let him keep everything about the presentation. And uh, I was actually, for the first time in a long time, spot on about something. Yeah, and listen, you should quit while you're ahead. <laughs> I've been trying. Todd won't show up. <laughs> and uh, and the Johnny Knoxville Sami Zayn match, um, arguably one of the like that is going to go down in history as if not a top five, definitely a top ten. WrestleMania moment. And that's what WWE does right now. So you watch something like WrestleMania, which is all about the spectacle of everything, and you don't get that spectacle on their TV. And obviously you shouldn't, but the TV should make you excited to watch these pay-per-views for those spectacles. And if WrestleMania is your only spectacle, then you've devalued all of your other premium live events. So, I mean, I I have written down just a couple things because I was originally like, I'm going to pick like my favorite match from each night or just thing from each night. And I actually had trouble doing it. So, like, I have written down like Becky versus Bianca. I have Cody debut. Uh, Pleasantly surprised with Logan Paul. That's a guy who like, say what you want about him in the ring. Like, I think he did very good for a guy who's not a professional wrestler. But like, he just exudes hateability, which is 
awesome. Like there's a hundred heels in wrestling right now that wish they could bottle just a little bit of Logan Paul's hateability. Uh, so I was very impressed with like him just doing the, the little mocking of Eddie Guerrero with the, the shimmy and the three amigos and stuff like that. Uh, as you mentioned, Austin versus Owens. Uh, and obviously the next night, the, the Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory stuff, which it turned into Vince McMahon coming out. <laughs> and like when Vince McMahon was like, God bless him for being like 700 years old. When the Disney Imagineers were able to convince us that Vince McMahon was actually standing in the ring. And when he took his shirt off and had the black tank top off, like it's the nostalgia kicking in, like as jaded and anti WWE and anti Vince as I am just seeing him like take the shirt off and try strutting and acting like a tough guy that brought back a ton of great memories. And then when the glass hits uh, glass breaks, that's like a Pavlovian response. Like you see Vince McMahon standing in the ring when the glass breaks, you're just like, I'm automatically programmed to love this stuff, you know? So, uh, and then obviously the main event with Lesnar and reigns, I probably see is the only thing that was beneath expectations, but that's because like, I guess somebody got hurt or whatever. But it is what it is. But the the result of the match was what I wanted. I wanted Roman to come out of that, just continuing his God mode, um, his God run. But I, like I said, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the overall presentation. But I actually, I'm going to go into business for myself, Joe, and put you on the spot here. Oh, if if you had to build one night of WrestleMania using what you had seen over that weekend. Uh, what would be your eight match card? And you could only use Steve Austin in one of the two segments. Okay. So that means he could either just wrestle Kevin Owens or he could be involved in the McAfee uh, theory Vince thing. So if you need to go ahead and pull up uh, Wikipedia, the most trusted source in wrestling news and card listings, uh, they say that there were seven matches on night one. There were nine on night two, which counts the uh, the the Mr. McMahon versus Pat McAfee as a separate match. You know, so there's the McAfee versus Theory, but I'll allow you to count that entire McAfee Theory Vince thing as one match if you wanted to. So build your eight. I'm sorry, eight match, one night WrestleMania extravaganza. Okay. So we're dumping Seamus Ridge Holland, the new day. That's gone immediately. Pat (laughs) McAfee versus Austin Theory and the McMahon versus Vince versus Pat McAfee. Those are gone immediately right off the bat. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, I'm going to stop you there and I'm going to ask you, what, what do you got against my boy Pat McAfee? I think Pat McAfee actively stinks. Um, I think he's bad at his job as a commentator. I know I'm in the minority on this. And I get that we're all supposed to like him because he's a lifelong wrestling fan. And that's great. There's a lot of lifelong wrestling fans that I don't like. I'm a lifelong wrestling fan. There's a lot of people that don't like me. Uh, I will say he ended up getting like seven WrestleMania moments in one WrestleMania. So (laughs) that's pretty cool for him. I'm glad for him. I I don't want him on my TV. Okay, see, I, I am not a huge Pat McAfee announcer fan, but I think him as a wrestler is, I don't want to say underrated, but, like, I think he's he gets a bad rap by people of your like. I think he's, uh, as far as celebrities getting in the ring goes, uh, I've been saying this since he wrestled Adam Cole in NXT. Like, I enjoy what he does there. So, all right, but I respect the fact you're cutting it out. It would make my eight, if I had to choose my uh, WrestleMania card of eight matches, I would cut Owens 
uh, Austin to keep the McMahon Austin theory McAfee thing in there. Okay, so what do I got? Let me look here. So there's how many do I got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I got nine. I could dump one more. Yep. Uh, okay. So we got Miz and Logan Paul versus the Mysterios. Okay. Since I'm gonna have no Raw tag, like they're on Raw. Um, I dumped the SmackDown tag match because again, it, it, it build was bad. Do it anyway, and then poor Boogs got hurt, so that's another bad thing, you know. Yeah. Um, Bianca versus Becky, of course, has to be on it. Yep. Uh, Cody versus Seth has to be on it. Yep. Uh, Stone Cold versus Kevin Owens. Uh, I wanted tag team representation, and I had to choose between those two tag matches, so I went with the Raw one, Street Profits. Alpha Academy, Orton and Riddle, Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn, and Roman versus uh, Brock Lesnar. Okay, see, I think, honestly, we are pretty much in agreement, other than the disagreement with how to handle Austin. Uh, Like I said, I would have went the other way with that. And I probably would have had AJ Styles versus Edge uh, instead of the RK-Bro match. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Like, that was my last two that I was between those two. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I thought the match was meh. The build is meh. Um, And I'm like, well, we got to get a tag title match in there somewhere, you know? Yeah. No, I wasn't kind of doing it in, like, let's structure a great wrestling card, you know, like, where we got to balance the card with tag and and, and singles and stuff like that. I was just kind of picking my eight favorite. Mm -hmm. Plus, you know, I'm a huge fan of emo Punishment Martinez, you know? (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) <laughs> all right cool i've got to see we're on the same page there but uh um i do have a follow-up topic but i'll throw it over to you if you have something oh else. okay uh so i did watch a lot more wrestling than just wrestlemania this week okay um and and again i don't screen the calls we'll see if it gets re-brought up again and maybe we'll cover it there maybe we'll cover it here who knows um, but I did watch, um, I did get caught up on like Rampage and Dynamite, of course, you know, from last night as we're recording this. And I was popping in and out of some of the uh, collective shows and Ring of Honor shows and that sort of stuff. Um, and everyone's talking about like, oh, it was this person's weekend and that person's weekend. Uh, weekend notwithstanding, but I would say, and it wasn't even seven days, it was like five days. Um, FTR had like two of the best tag team matches of all time, uh, over the last five days, Friday against the Briscoes on the ROH show. And then last night on dynamite against the box. Yeah. I, I saw the, the dynamite box one. I did not see the ring of honor one, but uh, I'm very shocked that you're giving the flowers to FTR. Are you going to learn which one's bald and which one's not Adam? Yes. Do you, want me to, do you want me to pull back the curtain on this bit? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I was going to say, I've always known which one was which. It's funnier to say bald and hair. Oh, all right. <laughs> cut that out. Cut that out. Cut that out. <laughs> um, but listen, I, I, I've had my issues with them, um, you know, over the last like three years, let's say, up to their, you know, being released by the WWE and some of their early stuff in AEW didn't really resonate with me. The way that they presented themselves as people in the public view, they came off as like 
corny crying crybabies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then they were the ones that tackled the uh, guy who tried to get Brett at the Hall of Fame, right? So that gave them a lot of points. That yeah. gave them, like, extra bunnies just, like, in case, you know? <laughs> Spares. just yeah. yeah. And before Edge decided to ruin all the goodwill of his comeback, they were the ones that helped Edge train for his comeback. Yeah. Um, you know, and I liked Edge. It's just, you know, what he's been doing over the last, like, year has been really bad. And embarrassing, and not Undertaker embarrassing yet, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, the matches are passable, but the creative and like the story stuff them is real bad and corny and shitty. Um, and they have good matches, but I think like sometimes they feel like they're up their own asses a little bit, and I think they've kind of got the balance of that under control. And them being public abashed Bret Hart lovers goes a <laughs> long way. And the match of the Briscoes was really good, and they made me like a Young Bucks match. I didn't like the pay-per-view match at All Out or whatever it was. I thought the match was like, like, I, I remember there was like a fucked up finish. And, you know, and that one didn't do anything for me. And I know a lot of people like that match because they're friends with one or both of those teams. And believe me, I have no horse in the race with any of those four guys. Um, but yeah, that again, man, like, I love tag team wrestling and, they did some really good tag team wrestling over the last five days. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm hoping like they're obviously teasing that they're going to be, they're now basically baby faces. It's all about a foregone conclusion. They just have to come out the proper tunnel, you know, yeah. they're teasing the, the, sh- uh, the, the sharpshooters, you know, because obviously everybody's like, Oh, Brett needs to come out and start managing them. Uh, I just hope that they double down on the heel uh, thing and just do the sharpshooter and have Shawn Michaels manage them. I think that's the, the appropriate response. Like if they want to go further in the career, they would have the better guy do it. But, uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I agree. Uh, like FTR has been more compelling lately. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. If it's just that the fact that they're they're you're seeing them wrestle people outside of AEW, you know, like different styles, like the Briscoes. Like I've seen the gifts of that match, but I haven't seen the whole thing. But I don't know. Yeah, there is something about them that has made them kind of stand out lately. But uh, I did not watch really anything from Mania Weekend outside of WWE. Uh, as far as AEW goes, I already tweeted that my match of the year candidate is Sky Blue versus uh, Jamie Hayter. And uh, I stand by that. Go seek that out. That's right up there with Briscoes versus FTR. But that was all the catching up I did. I watched uh, Impact from a week ago yesterday, and I caught up on all of like the last week of of AEW yesterday as well. All right, Joe, the only other thing I have, as much as I want to expound the virtues of WrestleMania and say how, you know, they did a lot over those two days to put them back in my good graces. So you know what I said, Joe? I said, I am going to do the thing that I used to do all the time, which was sit down and watch the Raw after WrestleMania. And the Raw after WrestleMania, as everybody knows, that's like the best Raw of the year, Joe. You know, you can never tell what's going to happen at the Raw after WrestleMania. Like, the crowd's really into it. You have the smartest fans that you have. You know, like, they're just really raucous. You know, you have surprise debuts, surprise returns. Uh, just anything can happen because you're setting the table for the next year of WWE programming. So, like, I was really excited. I'm like, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch this. I'm going to live tweet. I'm going to just hope to capture some of the the, the tweeting uh, prowess that is Todd because he's doing it as well. But so I sit down and I watch the Raw after Mania 
And uh, they open it up with a Cody promo. I'm like, okay, this is to be expected. He's your hot, you know, debut from last night. Um, and of course, he cuts a promo with his uh, his legitimate tears. He's fighting back the tears so well, Joe, that he never actually waters up. He just kind of does the little, you know, the the the, the quiver of the lip. Uh, but like, kudos to him for not actually breaking down and crying. Uh, but you know, he cuts a promo talking about his dad. And I guess I was willing to give Cody one promo where he uses his dad uh, to get himself over. It's a shame that he used it on his first night, but it is what it is. Uh, So we move on from the rest of Raw. And the big exciting debuts were Veer and Ezekiel. And I must have missed the episode of NXT where they were building up Ezekiel, this new hot young upstart. Uh, And then your main event of the show was a Roman Reigns promo. Uh, which was a fine promo, but, you know, it was a promo. So for as much goodwill as WrestleMania did for me, uh, the Raw after Mania was basically like, okay, more of the same stuff. I will come back and check in on you guys at the Royal Rumble. I'll see you in like eight months. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, Again, I did. Uh, I was out to eat with my family, and I, I didn't know where the Cody promo was going to be. Um, I should have assumed that it was going to start off the show um, earlier in the day. There was a lot of rumor in, r- rumor and innuendo that Roman might be hurt. Uh, no one knows how bad the injury would be. And I know that you had said he did a promo that was essentially just like tune into SmackDown and I'll actually cut a promo. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was saying like, man, you want you want to go t- deranged and you want to like knock people's socks off. Like if Roman's that hurt. Have Cody beat him for the title on Raw. Like, just go crazy, you know? <laughs> oh, I, uh, <laughs> I'd be so mad. <laughs> right. Now, and I'll say this. I'm not a Cody guy. I've never been a Cody guy. I'll never be a Cody guy. But yeah. Cody's level of corniness and phoniness fits perfect in the world wrestling entertainment. Uh, I mentioned before how the Revival FTR kind of got up their own asses a little bit, and they're kind of starting to just now come out of it. Cody's, like, tripled down going up his own ass with his corniness and everything. Um, And again, I mentioned, I know Ed went through the the whole thing, or at least bits and pieces of it, but I would be remiss if I didn't pull up this uh, from the media scrum post-WrestleMania with Cody. Okay. Where he just lies through the whole thing. Um, where he says that uh, Triple H was his favorite wrestler of all time. <laughs> Remember when it was Sting? <laughs> um, he uh, he says that he's going to retire at forty. Um, okay. God, God help us, that's only five years from now. <laughs> um, what else does he say now? And that so that's another thing. All of you people out there that always poo-poo my sweet Brucey, all of this is Bruce. This whole Cody thing is all Bruce. Okay. Because um, in the Variety article that Cody uh, did the interview with, he quotes like Bruce was the one that like arranged the meeting, and I could and Bruce is a huge dusty guy, and I could see Bruce out Carney and Cody, who's out Carney and everybody else in regards to getting Cody to come back, um, essentially to win the title that his dad never did, right? Yeah. 
Um, and also as an interesting side note in that variety article, um, Cody has the WWF title that Dusty fought for back in the seventies that was held by superstar Billy Graham. It was given to him as a gift by Dan Lambert. <laughs> okay. Uh, just trying to see what else, uh, talks about his dad blowing $3 million on turnbuckle wrestling. And that in 2004, 2005, they lost power in their home. Um, he says that he has good Royal Rumble stats, that he's definitely in the top 10 of everyone in profession in, in the Royal Rumble history. Um, says that being an executive was quote, cool for a minute, but I really want to be a wrestler. Um, because being an executive, he got blamed for more failures than uh, anything else. Um, he chose to be quiet, which was, you know, he was quiet for just a couple days. Uh, everyone forgets that he's a Star Trek nerd and a Legend of Zelda nerd, so strike three there, Marge. <laughs> um, he says that the promo that he cut against Anthony Agogo was ill-timed. Was that the one where he was like talking like his super patriotism one? Yes. Okay. <laughs> the one that he worked, the one that he uh, focus grouped at malls that he said, if you remember when he said that. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, I, I don't remember the balls part. I remember like in front of like a panel of legends backstage and they all gave him a standing ovation and like carried him out of the locker room. <laughs> right. Um, He's still doing stuff with the Nightmare family. Um, and he says that he'd be happy if he never has to set foot in the performance center. Uh, his dad told him, once you leave OVW, never go back. <laughs> uh, so keep all these things in mind in like three years when Cody's wrestling Dolph Ziggler for the NXT title again, you know? <laughs> um, but listen, man, if you're a Cody fan, that's great. If you buy into all of his malarkey, good for you. Um, but like I said, he's... He's very insincere, man. And, like, he just reeks of it. And I think that insincerity didn't... It stopped working in AEW, and it's going to lead him to be the biggest star in WWE. And and just one last thing about the Raw after Mania, and and I want to get your take on this. Like, obviously, this is your first full stadium WrestleMania in a couple of years. Cause last year they had, you know, like the partially filled stadium, you know, with the, right. the, the little bit of social distancing. And the year before that was the pandemic. Uh, and the year before that, if I'm doing my math, right, like AEW didn't exist yet. Right. right. Or it wasn't, is wasn't what it is. Like is the raucous, like smart crowd that used to run havoc all over Monday night raw after mania. Is that the AEW fan base? And is that like why, Raw was kind of just normal as far as the crowd reaction goes this year. Now, I will say there are people that have speculated online that typically the uh, spark that ignites those rowdy and whatever fans are international folks, folks that come from the UK, folks that come from Ireland, stuff like that. And obviously international travel is still a bit limited. I think once that opens back up a little bit more, like let's say around like, cause you know, we still get like the post uh, raw SummerSlam that kind of gets crazy too, you know? Yeah. So we'll see how much international travel is opened up by the time SummerSlam rolls around. If uh, raw is in the same building and or area that SummerSlam was, 
that'll be the true test. Um, but you make a good theory that a lot of the folks that were those catalysts are now AEW people. But I think it was a like part AEW people and part international folks as well. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I would look forward to seeing how that adds up. You know. Yeah. And I'll, you know what? Um, do you have anything else to talk about from the last whatever? No, nah, like I said, I want it was all WWE. You know me, okay. huge WWE mark. So uh, I know last week in his phone call, uh, Kevin Hellions mentioned that we should watch with all the other wrestling that was going on. Um, that we should watch um, some non WWF stuff this weekend, right? Because there was a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And I tried. Here's the problem, Adam. Yes. Most of it was bad. <laughs> um, and I get it's supposed to be, but like the Joey Janela clusterfuck was really bad. Um, and wasn't it at like one o'clock in the morning or some shit? It was like two o'clock in the morning because everything's an hour behind because they're on Central. <laughs> okay. Um, I saw and like I saw bits and pieces of stuff. Like the ROH show for the most part was good. Uh, the Gresham uh, Bandito match was like weird and it didn't pick up really until like the closing five minutes. And then the Samoan Joe thing coming out at the end was like awesome because I love me some Samoan Joe. Um, I thought Mercedes Martinez versus Willow Nightingale was really good. I mentioned before about the Briscoes versus FTR. Um, Minoru Suzuki versus Rhett Titus was what it was. Uh, but that's the thing. It wasn't like Minoru Suzuki's worst match on the weekend. That was his match against Killer Cross. Um, <laughs> Killer Cross, like, he his his mystique now is, like, he's big. And he just has, like, he just does, like, this big bug-eyed sell all the time. Um, and his match with Suzuki was... It wasn't bad, but it was, like, boring, right? Yeah. Um, Broski and Dickinson from the GCW show was also boring. Um, <laughs> if you've seen every Broski singles heel match, that's what this is. Like, he's just got that formula down. And, yeah. like, you got the thing of, like, Raven. It's like, well, your five moves and my five moves together is going to make a different match than, you know, Broski's five moves and somebody else's five moves. But that's the thing is... It it's not like Broski's a flashy wrestler. Um, the only difference with this match was instead of a five minute boring Broski promo to start the match, it was a three minute boring Broski promo preceded by a two minute boring Chelsea promo. So <laughs> everyone here's fat. You all have no teeth. You guys suck. We hate being here in GCW. I'm the Deathmatch King. And, like, he's just saying the same shit to the same audience, like, every month. Um, and I don't know. I think we're kind of getting to the point of diminishing returns with Broski, at least in GCW. You know, he yeah. needs to go somewhere where he can work face and do his chicken spots and, you know, do the dive to the outside, the Broski boot and all that sort of jazz. Yeah. Um, I- I, I've been saying for weeks that, like, enough with this Broski stuff. You know, like, yeah. take all the belts off of them. But uh, I'm glad to see you're coming around to my side of things. Yeah. And, <laughs> and maybe one more thing we'll save, because I, I, I see on the lineup that there is going to be a, a uh, uh, all heat, no heater segment later oh. on. <laughs> it's a, I check in my format sheets, and there, yep, there yeah. is a, it is in there, so. All right. So nothing else to discuss from this last week of wrestling? No, no, I think that's it for me, and uh, I know that you have to assign some homework, but other than that, I'm ready. 
I do. So we are back into Chikara. We're now at the beginning of 2013. Okay. Uh, this is the season opener. Uh, I'm going to have in the link some event centers for you to watch uh, just to get caught up on things. And this was the uh, season debut weekend. We're not going to watch both shows this week, of course. Um, but we are going to watch the event from Reading. Uh, all agents and the superhuman crew. Again, if you're subscribed to Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, uh, you could certainly check it out there. Now, we're not going to watch the whole show. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, we got Fire Ant and Assailant versus Deviant. I'm sure that match is good. Okay. Uh, Dasher Hatfield versus Delirious. Batiri versus Los Ice Creams. Frightmare versus Ophidian. I'm sure these are all perfectly acceptable matches, right? All right. We're going to pick things up from Jigsaw and the Shard against Fist. And I'm almost certain that Fist in this instance is maybe Icarus and Sugar Dunkerton. Okay. Um, Green Ant versus Eddie Kingston, which um, I don't recall, but there's no reason I don't believe that that's not an awesome fucking match. Uh, Young Bucks and Kevin Steen against 2.0 and Granakuma, which I remember being a blast. Uh, right. Hollow Wicked versus Chuck Taylor. I'm sure that match is really good. And then in the blow off to the feud, no disqualification, Archibald Peck versus Mr. Touchdown. Ooh, all right. I'm sold. <laughs> right. So, uh, like I said, you want to watch the first one, two, three, four matches. That's up to you. We're picking up at match five. Jigsaw and Shard versus Fist. Yeah. I'm looking at, like, I, I feel like I'm going to catch the introductions for all of those, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and just see from there, but, uh, all right. And and cool. I'll tell you this, the two event centers that we're watching, one is a 2.0 promo, and the other one's an Archibald Peck promo. Oh, nice. Right. And, and you're not intentionally depriving me of any kind of uh, Devastation Corporation, Sydney Bacabella stuff like you usually do? Like, is, is there's nothing on here that you just you're just leaving out in your notes? I'm going by the line. I, if I am, it's not intentional. It's the write ups on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Oh, so somebody high up at, at the, the Emporium has got an axe to grind with Sydney. All right. Mm -hmm. This conspiracy goes all the way up to the top, Joe. I'm going to get to the bottom of it. Did you did you watch the Sydney Bacabella uh, Day in the Life of on IndependentWrestling.tv? The what now? The Sydney Bacabella. I'm not on Twitter anymore. I didn't know about this. Oh, my goodness. Hang on. When did that go up? Uh, April 1st. Oh, so it doesn't exist. <laughs> no, it's real. Uh, okay. if you go, what are they called? Day in the Life? Yeah. It was essentially the backdoor teaser. Um, no, it's not coming up. What the hell's going on here? Uh-oh. You can't, you can't go and get my hopes up and then have it not be there. I'm gonna... <laughs> no, no, no. It's on here. I, I did a lot of photoshopping this okay. week. There, the life of. All right. It's the life of. Is that see? So you see here this one that says the life of question mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Sydney Bacabella one. Oh shit! All right. Well, we're wrapping up this podcast early because I want to go watch that. Uh, I yeah. honestly didn't it's, know about that. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. If you're if you're a red letter media fan, uh, it's it's got some very strong Mr. Plinkett vibes. <laughs> Leave a comment on this web zone, and I'll mail you some pizza rolls. <laughs> All right, Joe. I'm looking forward to the Chikara. Do we have any voicemails? We do. We do have some voicemails. Uh, let's start off here. Hey, Joe and Adam. This is Bucky from Wrestling Gross Podcast. My third call today. Uh, definitely don't use my first. Feel free not to use my second. I think I've finally come to what I actually want my question to be. I'm watching the opening of WrestleMania 38 where the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders are doing a dance to Thunder by ACDC. And I just want to say, is there any television event or show that you can think of that is weirder than this? Um, I haven't watched it maybe, you know, over a year or at least since last WrestleMania. And it is surreal. It's one of the weirdest things that you can do with your time. Pretty weird that I'm doing this right now. Um, thank you for your patience. Sorry about the previous two calls. Love the show. First time, long time. Well, Bucky's see, now- a good dude. Bucky does a podcast called Wrestling is Gross. Uh, they do delve into a lot more of the Japanese wrestling deathmatch stuff. They did... Uh, like a multi-part series going through the history of the WWF hardcore title. Okay. Um, that's a really as, good... like, as a deathmatch ghoul and a, a Japanese wrestling aficionado, that that's like right up my alley. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Bucky, Siobhan, and sometimes a rotating guest will be on there, but definitely check their stuff out. Um, but so it's tough to say because I'm so, you know, I've been a wrestling fan for almost 40 years. So, you know, the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders coming out to dance to an ACDC song before a wrestling match. That's normal, right? You know, it's definitely yeah, like, trying to do what they think the Super Bowl is. <laughs> you know, if yeah. you're not a sports person and you watch the Super Bowl, like that's pretty odd, right? Um, is it's American like, Idol still a thing? Uh, I think so, but like not with the same hosts as when it was like super famous. Yeah, because I remember, like, American Idol was at, like, the height of its popularity, and they would do, like, the big finale of the last two. Like, those shows would be really weird, too. Like, there'd be, like, weird other musical numbers and, like, weird product placement things. Um, But I don't know. Like, I think any sort of culmination for any sort of live quasi-entertainment sort of thing is always just going to have this weird connotation to it. Yeah, like, I, I'm listening to this question, and I'm like, what was weird about ACDC and, and, and the, the Cowboys cheerleaders? Like, you know, like, uh, out of all of the things that happened on WrestleMania, that's one of the least out-of-place things to me. You know, like, I was watching that, and I was like, all right, Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, I'm here for it. <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, like, that. the musical numbers to open up, WrestleMania, uh, definitely not out of place in my mind. I didn't bat an eyelash. For sure. All right, next call. Hey, guys, it's Kevin. Uh, apologies for the voice this week. I've been sick the last two days, but I'm not going to miss the phone call. It's work, so. But uh, I got paid. Anyways, so there's a ton of wrestling this weekend, so much, and some of it I'm still trying to watch, and some matches I still want to see and everything. But, I mean, it's kind of tough. It's not like there's a a Netflix or Hulu. I mean, there's Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, of course, but a lot of these things, like, I, I don't want to pay 
that much for pay-per-view and fight and, you know, everything else. Like, I would be, I'd be out hundreds and hundreds of dollars if I was watching every single wrestling thing every single week during the year that I want to watch. It's kind of crazy when we know, thanks to people like Jerry and thanks to that template and, you know, streaming media, that there's options for it. And also, you know, I'm sure homework has already been assigned, but Joe's very good with assigning homework, and we have things that we can catch up on that we did miss from years ago. And wrestling's kind of backwards. Like, I keep thinking graphic novels. If I just want to read this one Batman story, I don't need to buy thousands of issues of Batman. I can just read this one story here collected in the volume. If I want to watch a great series for someone like Eddie Kingston or, or Terry Funk or Bret Hart or whoever, I got to dig through multiple pay-per-views and superstars and raw and all sorts of stuff. There's not like a condensed way to watch it. Even current indie stuff right now, if there's like, you know, uh, one storyline I want to follow, there's no easy condensed way to watch it. But I mean, geez, all we got to do is look for WWE complaining that people spoil news or how, how dare you have spoilers or whatever for things to see how backwards they are as a, form of media, form of entertainment when they're neither sports nor entertainment half the time. But I think my feeling is like, why don't we have graphic novels for comics? Why don't, or sorry, graphic novels for wrestling? Why don't we have just an easy condensed way to watch all of a storyline? Like, wouldn't that be wonderful to just watch the highlights and stuff? I don't know. That's, that's my thought after watching way too much wrestling this week and throwing up way too much as well. But <laughs> Looking forward to the show, guys. I might be asleep by then, and I'll listen in the morning. Bye. Uh, Kevin makes a good point that, like, one of the, the things that I wish the old WWE Network had and, you know, and now Peacock is, like, better searchability for, like, storylines or specific people. Like, even if you type in, like, any one wrestler on the old network, it would just kind of sometimes give you certain things that they remember to put a tag on, you know, like it was very unreliable. So like, I, I, I wish aside from watching on YouTube, cause you know, I think YouTube mixes and like some WWE documentaries and DVDs, those are really the only way you can be like, I want to watch the, the McMahon Austin saga of promos or like, I want to watch, you know, whatever I want to watch sting versus Hogan NWO, like is sting, you know, with the NWO, like I would have to go and find the individual episodes of nitro. Uh, and then like, Oh, did it skip over to thunder here? Was there a pay-per-view? You have to kind of have a list and it does make it hard to kind of relive the stuff or watch one storyline. Plus like as, as I joked at the beginning of the show, there are no off seasons for wrestling, but if there was an off season or even if you gave certain people, you know, scheduled time off, it would make for an easier break in a storyline. But without that, you know, like there is no ending, everything like just flows into the next thing. So it's hard to kind of, you know, treat it like a, like a trade paperback. Yeah. And, you know, obviously Kevin, of course, hopefully you feel better soon. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it's one thing with the WWE, but it's another thing with independent wrestling. Um, you know, obviously you could follow the promotions that are on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, but that's not everything. You could follow who your favorite wrestler is, but you know, sometimes your favorite wrestler might wrestle on a show that goes up on Jerry's thing late or doesn't get filmed for Jerry's thing or doesn't get filmed at all. So unfortunately, the only way that you could really engross yourself into like this 
wrestler or this promotion's full character is, is follow them on all their social media. If they're good at what they'll, they do, they'll put information up there. They'll put promos. They'll put GIFs. They'll put clips. They'll put highlights. They'll put stuff up on their YouTube page. They'll let you know when that stuff is available. Um, and kind of what Kevin is talking about is is a lot of what the culture that Chikara, um, you know, cultivated for their time that they were active and running from, you know, 2003, 2004, up until about two years ago, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, those people would follow those characters to other promotions and because they were taught, you know, if you weren't a comic book person, Quack had a lot of comic book ideas that he would put into Chikara booking and Chikara storylines and Chikara characters that would engross comic book people even further. Or, you know, people that weren't comic book people getting them involved through comic book ways into these characters. So it's never going to happen just because, you know, uh, even like if you follow like AEW, let's just say, for example, they don't have a streaming service. Everything's up on YouTube. But like you can't watch full shows unless you paid for the pay-per-views and you get them through fight and you technically have them forever. It's just because there's so much and there's so many people doing so many different things and everything's not consolidated in one spot. Unfortunately, Kevin, what you're hoping for is probably impossible. Yeah. All right. Sorry, Kevin. Feel better. Sorry to, sorry to burst your bubble. Sorry about your damn luck. <laughs> Next call. Joe. Adam, it's David K, a.k.a. The Wiki, a.k.a. The Jingle Meister. I wanted to call. I wanted to see, um, I guess not see. I wanted to, uh, after last week's inaugural edition of Does Adam Know the Card, I was curious as to whether or not Adam has ever seen a special delivery Jones match. <laughs> um, I'll hang up and listen. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Adam, have uh, you ever seen a special delivery Jones match? Uh, I'm assuming he has wrestled on WrestleMania, so yes, I saw it like once when right. the like when I watched WrestleMania one once as a child on VHS and never went back. So uh, I, I've said many times before that like I my first pay per view was WrestleMania six. Mm. So after that, I went and rented all the manias and then like rumbles and so on and so forth. Uh, and I definitely never went and rewatched anything from Mania 1 ever again. So if he was on Mania 1, 2, 3, whatever, then yeah, I saw those matches. I have no memory of them, uh, and I have no desire to go back and, and check it out again. Well, you know, it came up with last week on, like, This Day in Wrestling History. I mentioned I follow a bunch of different accounts. Um, and last week, 1985 was WrestleMania 1. 1984 was on an episode of Championship Wrestling where Roddy Piper took on S.D. Jones. Okay. And it was just one of those kismet things when I asked David to throw together the Does Adam Know the Card jingle. I'm like, uh, you know, just throw, like, you know, where you have, like, the Ruby Riot thing and the Daniel Bryan thing. Like, you just say the names over them. Just, like, I don't know, pick two random people from the card, right? Uh-huh. That was the only direction I gave him. So he does that on a Monday. And then Thursday, getting ready for the show and everything, and I see pop up on my timeline that on that day, 1984, was a match of Roddy Piper and S.D. Jones, who were the two people that he put in the song. <laughs> so I sent that to him. We got a kick out of it. 
And uh, yeah, I think it was like one of Roddy's like early matches in WWF. When he first came in for the first couple months, he was a manager. Yeah. I think I remember that from uh, like the History Channel documentaries that they did recently. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks for the call, DeWiki. All right. Last call. Pink button time. Hey, Joe and Adam. It's Ed. Um, I was watching Moon Knight. And I only <laughs> ask this because I want to know how long do you guys think before somebody has Moon Knight-inspired gear? Uh, <laughs> because I feel like now that Johnny Gargano's gone... There's like a uh, there's a hole in that for like superhero cosplay bullshit gear, right? Ray Mysterio. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe Johnny will come back, and if he does, that'll for sure, that'll for sure be his gear when he comes back. I don't know. This whole Moon Knight being popular thing is kind of fucking with me because like I like Moon Knight, but like I I used to have to explain who Moon Knight was to people, and like I like that. Like nobody really does Moon Knight but me. It'd be like suddenly, Adam, if everyone knew who Adriel was instead of just you. Because no one knows who the fuck Adriel is. Uh, so yeah, let me know. Who do you think it's going to be? Who's the first going to have some Moon Knight gear? Uh, okay, bye. All right, all right. So first, so many things to talk about here. First of all, I just want to say uh, shout out to Ed for his appearance on Longbox Heroes this week. Spoiler. Yes. <laughs> but like, it was very funny listening to him attempting to be clean on a podcast. <laughs> like, he almost was... made it right to the yeah. end. <laughs> I'm listening to the call and like gets right to the end. And he's like, I don't know what that fucking means. And I'm like, God damn it. I got to edit that now. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, secondly, uh, everybody know who's knows who Azrael is. He was pivotal to Nightfall, uh, one of the greatest Batman storylines during one of the hottest periods of comic books ever written. Uh, and thirdly, obviously, Rey Mysterio is going to have the Moon Knight attire, especially the attire from the second episode, like not the classic attire, but like the the suit attire. Yeah. So we haven't got. I don't. I didn't watch this week's episode of Moon Knight just yet, but I definitely think you're gonna see a Rey Mysterio type. Um, come out with the the Moon Knight suit thing. I don't know if people in NXT 2.0 are allowed to read comic books. That's <laughs> nerd behavior. They're all too busy fucking, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, I know on the indies you're going to see it probably a lot more. Um, I know Weber Hatfield just, like, unveiled the pictures of his new Kyle Rayner Green Lantern-inspired gear that he's debuting this weekend. Oh, see, right. now we need Icarus to return as Sinestro. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, no, he's not. I, I have it on very good authority that he's not going to be returning anytime soon. <laughs> um, But I'm shocked that no one like. So here's the thing. Moon Knight is what it is. And I'm glad Ed likes Moon Knight, you know, and it's so yeah. funny, too, because uh, at super secret science job when we were still in an office the in-house it guy was a comic book guy i you know we bonded early and like we got to like be there as like comics were on the low end of things in the late 90s early 2000s and then kind of blew up with the iron man movies and the two of us were like we were always here you know yeah uh but he was a huge moon knight guy and his name was also ed <laughs> so I think Moon Knight specifically speaks to people named Ed. Yeah, it's probably, you know. But the problem is 
Moon Knight does not lend himself to like flash and pomp and circumstance. Sure, he's cool. Sure, he's whatever. Uh, but I think the next big something that you're going to see, maybe not on WWE, but maybe on like a higher end indie, you're going to see someone attempt to pull off the Peacemaker opening. All oh, like the dance? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or at least have like Peacemaker inspired gear or something. Okay. I can and, see And like that. come out to that song or whatever it is for like whatever like big event indie thing that they're going to do. All right. Well, well uh, what I was going to say, like I, obviously there'll be a second season, but I feel like the time to strike on that was like a couple weeks ago or a month ago. Well, it, ta- it takes a little while to get the gear made and yeah, you got to have the, the right the show problem... to debut it for. You know, it's not like you just like whip it up and have it ready to go tomorrow, tomorrow you know. Yeah, but the problem is with like the TV watching cycle and everything like that. Nobody cares about Peacemaker no more. That like that's so like a month ago, you know. Right, and so that's the other thing as well is because the cycle moves so quickly. If you watch the first episode of Moon Knight and you're like, I want Moon Knight inspired gear, you better have that shit ready to go in less than five weeks. Because yeah. in six weeks, it's done. Yeah, because, I mean, if you think about, like, the stuff that Gargano would wear for TakeOver, it wasn't necessarily a timely reference. It's like, oh, it's Iron Man gear. It's it's Captain America gear. It's Venom gear. You know, it's stuff that's been not exactly a character that just debuted this week, you know? Yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks, Ed. All, All right. right. So- Congratulations to Ed for getting freaking uh, uh, that, that special call-in from uh, – Puff or Buff. I'm sorry. Right, Buff, Buff Bagwell, uh, yeah, who's Buff real Bagwell and works his Twitter for real. I know. That was uh, like really awesome that he called in, especially for Ed. That's right. That was very <laughs> nice of Buff Daddy to do that. <laughs> All right. uh, so, um, thank you everyone who called in. Uh, phone numbers in the show notes for every single one of these episodes. Uh, help out the show. Go sign up for Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. He's got tons of plugs this week, a.k.a. internetwrestling.tv. Promo code at odds. New subscribers. Doesn't get anything for free, but it lets Jerry know that you came to him from us. Um, I know Jerry was teasing something about uh, official IWTV tag team titles oh. um, online today. And Jerry's typically not the guy who would tease something unless he physically had them in hand. <laughs> so he might physically have them in hand. I don't know. Well, then he better start freaking teasing a Haas division belt. You know, so these fucking flippy dudes don't hog all the titles. Well, I, I say uh, Boar and Erica Lee or another partner of his choosing uh, should go after those tag team titles. All right. Again, I still think it's it's discrimination against us tall boys. Us tall boys? I'm a hoss. <laughs> Aren't you the world's smallest hoss? Wasn't that your gimmick at one point? It was. That was like 15 bits ago. But yeah, I was. <laughs> okay. Uh, head over to our T Public store, uh, linked up through the mothership, tinyurl.com/longboxheroes. Uh, get designs inspired by this show on shirts and stickers and cell phone covers and notebooks. Uh, you could also help us out by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon affiliate link. Uh, does not cost you anything extra. They, Amazon, call it an advertising fee because if it was not for us, you would not know that Amazon exists. I call it the thing that makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. 
Uh, notable purchases through the click through this week. And I love when it's a big run on description like this. So it hits all the proper SEO. Yeah. Uh, screenshot brand. That's all together as one word. Men's hipster hip hop premium <laughs> tees, stylish long line fashion print t-shirt. <laughs> all right. I, I like all those words other than hipster. Hipster right. is the one that was out on, you know? <laughs> I've come around on hipster. Uh, <laughs> all I've right. come around. We're yep. all allowed to share the same space, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's an interesting description. I, I oh, like it. And hey, I would be remiss not to mention as well, um, Bash of the Brewery is coming up uh, exactly four weeks from today as you're listening to this. Friday, May 6th at the Weibacher Brewery. Uh, in Easton, Pennsylvania, tickets are twenty bucks, and uh, I know I said last week was your last chance to use the promo code and get twenty percent off of that, but I think you could still use that promo code uh, if you signed up for their um, email thing, which I recommend that you do. Um, is that code still working? No, unfortunately, oh. the code's not working anymore. So it actually was your last chance last week <laughs> uh, to get those. Is there a 15% off code that I can give you here? Give me just a moment. Let me look. Yeah, while you're looking at that, obviously a big match announcement today. Willow versus Hot Sauce. Oh, boy. A couple hours ago. And I'm allowed to see who I talked to in my DMs. Hang on. <laughs> you're at least not allowed to see what they say to me. Is this one working? Let me look. Uh, bu- 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 bu. Yeah, so Willow Nightingale versus Hot Sauce Tracy Williams. Hot Sauce Tracy Williams making his debut at an LVAC show. Uh, no, that one's not working. So last week actually was your last chance to be the early bird to get 20 or 15% off your tickets. Hopefully you got your tickets. Hopefully you're coming to the show. Um, do not have 100% confirmation verification. Otherwise, that the event will be streaming on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Um, but again, this is one of those things where I'm going to do the John Thorne thing where I'm like, oh, I don't know if it's going to be streaming. And the Wednesday before, I'm like, yeah, it's streaming. Uh, <laughs> Jerry has to go to the building and do the Internet test to see if the Internet is strong enough to run it from there. Yeah. And once he does, uh, he'll they'll make the official announcement. All right. I was very excited when Avery Good announced that on a podcast a couple weeks ago, and now we're just in a holding pattern. Yeah, yeah. yeah what do you any, do? Any, any time an announcement comes up from <laughs> LVAC, <I'm> a <laughs> uh, there's a couple people I text, whether it be positive or negatively. <laughs> All right, speaking of positives and negatives, here's some podcasts you should go listen to, and those podcasts are Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, We Need Wrestling, Hit My Music, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, Wrestling Cheers, IWTV Guide, Pod Van Dam, Hellions Talks, Wings on Wings, and making their debut in my plugs, WWE War, and making their return from Banishment, Final Wrestling Place. You're welcome back into the plugs. I, I kind of felt bad for putting Final Wrestling Place in with the other podcasts that I won't mention anymore, you know, between the sheets and the A show. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, I'm glad the final wrestling place is back. 
Uh, they had a triumphant return this past week. Uh, they buried me for about half of the podcast, so that was good stuff. But uh, And as far as the other shows that I am no longer mentioning between the Sheets and the A show, I'm not really sure how to end this bit, so uh, we shall see. <laughs> I say just keep the bit going forever. Yeah, that's probably what I'll do. <laughs> I think the A show needs to go back to acknowledging me uh, at least as being the owner of the wild card round, like this whole nonsense where they're like, oh, the seventh round, the wild card, the pick formerly, the Adam Van pick. No, go back to it being the Adam Van pick, and maybe we'll talk about me taking you out of the banishment. And uh, Bix, you know what I want, an Adam Van special name drop on a podcast. Uh, that'll get you out as well. But until then, they are dropped from plugs. When Bix DMs me about this at 3.30 in the morning, I'll just forward them to you, Okay. <laughs> All right, fair enough. All right. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. <laughs> All right, Joe, I, I assume that you had a big week just like me, right? Well, uh, I did get a raise at Super Secret Science oh. job this week. Nice. Uh, so I am going to have a couple extra bucks uh, to move around. But again, having a family and a kid, uh, most of that stuff goes to him. Uh, you know, got him a couple odds and ends for Easter. Um, had to get birthday gifts for two sets of cousins. So because I got the raise, the only thing that I got for myself this week was it was time to replenish the bags and backs for my comic books. You mean so bags I and bought boards? the little bit more expensive ones. Bags and boards? Bags and backs, we call them. Oh. Oh. <laughs> the industry term is, term is backs. Mm, well, the industry is wrong. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I did buy a couple things. I uh, saw you out safari and sure. Yeah, I did go on a safari today, uh, and I went on a safari yesterday as well. Like, I went to different places, not the same place two days in a row. But uh, um, I did go to, uh, as Todd likes to say, the Walmart where you got to keep your head on a swivel, which is the the Taylor Walmart in our area. Oh, uh, come on. <laughs> it's, it, it, let's just put it this way. I'll, I'll drive my Jeep there, not my Camaro. <laughs> You know, like that's a, it's someplace where uh, you don't want to be after dark, but they did have a lot of elite figures. I, I, I tweeted out a picture of an end cap and uh, it was like the WrestleMania elites and the series that had uh, like the Nia Jax and like uh, the, the, the Jonah figure uh, that I had just bought off of uh, ringside recently. But like, there was a bunch of elites that I hadn't seen in person yet. And I went down the aisle, and there was one uh, WWE Superstars Remco-style Ric Flair. And it was unpunched, and the card was pristine. And I had never seen any of these Remco-style figures in person. Um, if I was going to add one to my PC, it would probably be the NWO Hogan, just because they're coming out with the Hall and the Nash, you know, and I, I might have been tempted. Um but that flair was just too minty mint to pass up. So Absolutely. I did, I grabbed it as like a coupon towards something in the future. You know, I could always trade that 
yeah. uh, with somebody in the group, you know, because it was just with everybody who pre-ordered those figures, either having their orders canceled or having Walmart ship them in like a, in an envelope, you know, like uh, I figured this one, it was too good to pass up, you know, and unpunched in the wild is crazy. Yeah, I, I think with these, and I'm seeing a lot of the ones that people are finding are unpunched because these figures don't have a peg uh, on the planogram, like uh, on the like where they're supposed to be hung. So like everywhere I'm seeing them, at least in the Facebook group, is they're just being sat on like one of the shelves, and that's why oh. the holes are being punched. You know, interesting. And I'll say this now, knowing what Walmart that was that you were at, yeah. Um, that picture would be the first time I've seen wrestling figures there ever. Okay. See, I've had some half, I'd say I have more luck there than I do at the Dixon city Walmart. Mm -hmm. I feel like the, the flippers, like as Todd told the story about him being a toy boy and being, uh, at the doors of target as it was about to open. Like, I feel like those types of people are like strategically hitting the Dixon city stores on a more regular basis. You know, that's just my gotcha. theory. All right, Joe. So one thing that I was not expecting, uh, I went and I opened my mailbox yesterday and there was like a little envelope in the mail and it had my address like handwritten on it. And like, you know, you don't get that too often where it's like a handwritten thing. Sometimes you do when it's like a car dealership and they're trying to sell you something. That's how they get you. They handwrite their, you know, they make it look like it's a personalized letter so you don't throw it away. But like it was a handwritten letter and I'm kind of feeling it. It's got some heft to it. It feels like there's, so, it's like solid in the envelope. Hmm. So I'm like, what is this? Because I'm not, I didn't order any cards on eBay. Um, you know, I have some toys coming in as I always do, whether they be pre-orders or things I ordered, uh, you know, from, uh, eBay or whatever, but no cards are coming in. So I open it up and there were two cards inside of this envelope, both of them in penny sleeves and top loaders. All right. So like, well, well protected. And Joe, before I say exactly who, who's on these cards, I just want to say that like. I've brought this up in the past, and I think something really needs to be done now about the menace that is Shawnee Caulfield from the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast Patreon group. <laughs> this man is a scourge that needs to be dealt with immediately because he is just too damn nice. So he recently had cards made of himself, and there was two of them. There was a regular card and an autographed parallel. And because I assume, because we had, uh, I bought the Shockmaster figure from him a couple weeks ago. Uh, he had my address, so he sent me some of these cards. And it was, like, completely unnecessary, super nice of him, super unexpected, and he needs to be stopped, Joe. There cannot be somebody this nice out there in the wild. It's not fair. It's not right. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like... Shawnee sent me these two cards. Like I said, one of them was autographed. One of them wasn't. I, I was going to thank him in the, the Facebook group, but I wanted to save it for the podcast. And then uh, I will take a picture and put it out there. But I thanked him. I was like, again, it's just something completely unexpected and unnecessary, but like cool to just get something kind of silly and random like that, you know? Yeah, definitely. All right. So I got those. Um, I normally don't mention Funko Pops unless it's wrestling related. But uh, I did manage to get up an order of a WonderCon exclusive Peacemaker Funko Pop. 
which uh, I think we had talked about, like you had saw the pre-orders or saw it was announced on Twitter or something a week or two ago, but I did manage to get that. And it caused me to go down a rabbit hole and find out that there was also another Peacemaker Funko that I did not have, Joe. What? And this, this one was a DC fandom slash dcshop.com exclusive that was just basically uh, a metallic, like shiny version of a Peacemaker pop that I already had. Um, and Joe, this pop was a reasonable retail price of $17.99 and only $10 shipping. <laughs> so they, yeah, they, they saw me coming. Uh, if I spent $100 in the store, I would have got free shipping. Uh, so I thought about that briefly, but uh, I didn't go through with it. So You could have bought uh, multiples of the Funko Pops. I could have. At, at $17.99 a piece, it, like, it, I should have. I should have bought like 100 of them. Um, but those are my Funko editions for the week. And before I'll give you a, a chance to comment on my stuff so I could take a quick drink here, but I did also pre-order the Malachi black, uh, micro brawler that went up for order this week where he's basically all suited so they can cover his tattoos. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. I have the flare. So let me delete that. Uh, only like seven or eight more things. And then oh, we'll oh my goodness. <laughs> No, no, no. Um, I did the pre-order for the Unmatched Series 4 CM Punk figure and the CM Punk, I'm sorry, the Luminaries uh, Jericho, like the, I don't know, uh, the, 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 the Don Corleone Jericho. Yeah, Don Corleone Jericho, sure. <laughs> you know, the the the, the freaking, uh, the, when he toured Mexico Jericho. Yes. But yeah, I, I, I pre-ordered those two guys. And in quite possibly the most important pre-order of the year, of the century, of the week, I pre-ordered the Target Legends Stacy Keebler slash Miss Hancock figure. Uh, I only pre-ordered two because that's the most they would let you, and I didn't feel like opening up shill accounts uh, to get more, so I'll have to buy additional ones in the wild. Sure. <laughs> um. So that's it for wrestling figures for me, but I do have one non-wrestling thing that I bought, and this will be it for me. Um, if you remember a couple weeks ago, I had talked about discovering the fact that there was some Soundwave figures that I didn't know existed, and I talked about there being one that transformed into like a computer tablet. Yes. Uh, there were two versions. There was one that was released in the Chinese market as a giveaway, and then one that was released at the 2016 San Diego Comic-Con. I had bought the Chinese one previously, and I bought the uh, San Diego Comic-Con one this week. So I have both of them. I could check them off my list and delete that save search. Yeah, you know, I haven't, uh, you know, we talk about that. I haven't bought a, a Bib Fortuna in a while. Um, you know, there's only a couple out there. I've been monitoring them. Nothing's gone up in price. I know you said what your sound waves mute my Bib Fortunas. I, I think what's holding me up is I'm waiting for uh, a couple of the defenders yeah. for them to come back into stock. So I could start hanging stuff up on the wall. Yeah, no, I got you. I pre I ordered last time I ordered some wrestling figures. I got some defenders and uh, I was trying to get a defender for the first Brody Lee elite figure. And it's got this weird style box where the one side is flat, but the other side is curved. Uh -huh. uh, and I went and I looked at all the pictures of all the defenders and I saw one that was the exact same like design or like, again, the one side's flat, the other side's curved. So 
I ordered it and then it came in and it's about like six inches too short. Because mm. uh, <laughs> uh, again, I was just eyeballing it. I didn't look at the dimensions. I looked at the the layout and apparently Ringside doesn't sell a Defender for this version of the Elite unless it's like a universal one, you know? Uh, so. Okay, so I do have that Brody Lee um, okay. in a Defender, but I think that Defender's currently out of stock because I bought it a while ago. Okay. Yeah, that's probably why I didn't. I couldn't find it. You know. Yeah, there's a bunch that are out of stock. Okay. I, I know that. Like, I went when I went to order the CM Punk and the Jericho, uh, the unmatched figures. The AEW defenders were not available to purchase. Ooh, interesting. But here's the thing: they were not available to purchase separately because usually, like, I'll go and I have a bunch of AEW figures that I want to put in defenders, so I'll usually buy a couple extras. I might buy like the four pack or something like that. Um, but you were able to add a defender to each of your pre-orders when you were like on the figures page, you know. So, like, if you go to you know the Unmatched Series Four CM Punk page where it says Add to Cart. You can click on the little thing that says add a defender and it'll let you do that. But there is no individual listing for the defender, if that makes sense. So yeah, like, yeah. I guess that yeah, whatever, they're either out of them or getting low or need to order more or something like that. Right. I wasn't sure if when you said there were none that like you could even get them as an add on buying an existing figure. But yeah, no, you can do them as an add on, but it won't let you buy them separately. They probably have it limited so that the folks who do buy the figures because they probably see it's like well if i could buy it with the defender or without if there's no option to buy it with the defender i'm not going to buy it so they probably keep just enough defenders on on hand so they don't run out yeah well these are also pre-orders for figures that are coming out in four months so who knows what they'll have then too true 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 all right joe i know you uh got your uh brody lee negative one two pack in thursday yeah as we speak uh you had gotten your shipping confirmation like earlier in the day i got mine later in the day my stuff from ringside always seems to take like an extra day or two for some reason um but uh my i got my shipping confirmation so mine should hopefully be here sometime this weekend uh obviously that's not getting open that's just going up on the shelf you know yeah yeah i had pre-ordered two of those um but like I pre-ordered one the instant it went up available, like a for pre-order, same as you. <clears throat> and then like an hour or two later, when they went back up available again after briefly being taken down, I got FOMO and ordered a second one. So I do have one that says like I don't know June or something like that as its fulfillment. But right. uh, it, it's a it's an awesome. I mean, it's awesome in person as much as you know I thought it would be. It's a huge ass box. Um, kind of wish I had room in my detolf. I might have to do some rearranging because I don't think it's, I don't think this one should be just buried in the toy room, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like said, I, I cleaned a lot of the, the shelving that I have here on there, just like on my bookcase in front of my books and trade paperbacks and stuff like that. As I was preparing to start hanging stuff up on the wall and ran out of defenders, didn't have the right size defenders, all that sort of shit. So I do have space to put that there. And obviously that's an, a weird box. So that doesn't get a defender, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for now, because they all these AEW like two packs are the same width. Mm-hmm. So I noticed that it's the same like width and height as my uh, Moxley Omega Exploding Barbed Wire Deathmatch box. Oh, interesting. Um, 
although it's like the depth of the box isn't quite the same. But like if you were putting them on the shelf and looking at them from the front, they're like the same dimensions. So right. and I think I think the Blood Brothers box was the same as well. So uh, if they keep doing the boxes in similar sizes, maybe there will be like just a regular square defender coming out soon. Who knows? Interesting. All right. Any other purchases or are we done? Well, Joe, I do have something else I bought, but I don't quite think I should put it in a weekly purchases segment. I think there should be a special segment for when things really start pissing me off, Joe. Hey, and uh, just so you could kind of close strong with this, um, <laughs> I'm going to throw my all heat, no heaters in here. Okay. Uh, if you're a uh, professional wrestler and you listen to this show or you have any sort of input or anything to professional wrestling, um, let's let's stop with the dick and vagina and crotch stuff. Um, I did get a chance to watch a little bit more wrestling and on like a majority of the matches that were on Effie's big gay brunch, there was grabbing dicks, grabbing vaginas, looking down people's pants, comparing dick sizes as spots in the match. And listen, Hey, I, I get it. We want to have fun and we want to play around and do all this cute stuff. And we're playing to a little bit more adult of a crowd. And I, I don't want to say that I'm a prude, but I certainly sound like a prude. But when you got, four matches on your show and they all have dick and crotch and vagina spots in them. Like, I don't know, maybe just one per show. Right. <laughs> and even further still, um, you know, there is a negative connotation to that sort of stuff. You know, there was a guy with a lot of dick spots and boob plexes that got run out of the business and people had a lot of bad instances with them, with this guy. And, you know, let's not remind people that that guy exists, you know? Yeah. Um, because I don't know, you do a dick spot or something spot or a boob spot in your match and people go look that up on YouTube. They ain't going to find your shit. They're going to find his shit, you know? Yeah. And like if his numbers suddenly go up, you might see that as like a blessing. You yeah. know, like, oh, yeah. hey, they miss me. <laughs> so I know we can't eliminate dick and vagina and boob spots in wrestling. But like I said, uh, one per show, right? <laughs> and start from there. <laughs> Less is more in dick and boobs and vaginas. Yeah, yeah. All right, fair enough. All right, Joe. Uh, I, as I said, I do have one other thing I purchased, and I just want to say that uh, this is one of those that's so Vansky moments because uh, I might have went and had to do something stupid. If you remember, uh, a couple months ago, I purchased the mandatory four pack of major bendies of uh, Cardona, Myers, Swaggle, and Marky. And I said on this podcast that I really only wanted the guys from the podcast. So I made a deal with a friend of ours and I sold the Swaggle. And then I thought to myself, well, that's not really cool for. That's not something that I should have done to old poor Dylan, uh, star of six WrestleManias and Muppets Most Wanted. <laughs> you know, so like I was like, I need to go and get a Swaggle Bendy again. Um, so I jumped on eBay and they actually go for less than I 
sold my first one for uh, because I guess you know a lot of people are selling their swaggles, whatever. So poor I, what's that? Yeah, poor Dylan. Um, so like I had sold mine for thirty five shipped, and I bought one on eBay for thirty shipped, but it was signed. So I'm like, okay, when all said and done, you know, I probably broke even and I got a signed swaggle uh, major bendy and I got my set and I'm okay with it. I'm happy, whatever. So I ordered that. I don't know if you noticed, I went on a bit of a spending spree like two weeks ago. So I ordered that during that spending spree and the eBay seller like took forever to ship the thing. Like it was just like, I don't know how you are, Joe, but when I sell something on eBay, it goes out the next business day, unless there's a goddamn like holiday or like a snowstorm or whatever, uh, it's going out the next business day. And if it doesn't, it's going out the day after that. But I'm like OCD about it. It goes out immediately. So this guy goes and waits like, I want to say like six, seven business days to mail it out. Okay, whatever. Marks it as shipped. Uh, doesn't supply a tracking number, which just really bugs the shit out uh, of me. Strike you know, two, like, Marge. Yeah, strike two. So no tracking number. So I don't get to put it in my little tracking app because I got an app where whenever I get, in addition to keeping the emails of everything like you do, when I get the email saying something is shipped or if I get the Amazon notification or the eBay notification, it'll have a tracking number. I'll take that tracking number, cut and paste it into this one app, which kind of is like a one-stop shop for me of like all the things that are in transit, you know? So I can kind of know I have an exposed front porch. So like if it's pouring like it did today, and I see, oh, shit, I have two things coming today. I could maybe make arrangements that are like, all right, I'm going to take a lunch at work. And I'm going to run home and I'm going to get this package so it doesn't get soaked. You know, you make arrangements for that stuff. Uh, as, a, as a fancy importer, exporter, you have to be on top of these things. So I didn't get a tracking number. So the guy takes forever to ship the damn thing. And then when he does send it, he doesn't send a tracking number. So I come home from a uh, doll safari yesterday. And there's a big old pile of packages on my front porch, as there is often. And oh, they actually I'm, made it to your porch? They just didn't throw them over the fence? No, no, yeah. Today, like, my uh, my normal postal carrier has been broken by my uh, constant narking on them. So uh, she, likes, she comes right up to the porch and mockingly puts them down in slow motion and walks away. <laughs> so uh, the one who threw it was a Sunday deliverer, you know, for, like, Amazon or some shit. But anyways... Big old pile of packages on my front porch. And I kind of do the, without looking at the labels, I'm like, ooh, okay, that one's from ringside. That's my uh, my my major pod, you know, Remco's. I'm like, okay, that one is small. That's like a Funko Pop. It's a small square. And there was a padded envelope, Joe, oh uh, on that pile. And I'm like, what could possibly be in a padded envelope? I didn't order like a book or anything like that. So I pick it up. It's kind of light. I'm like, what the fuck is in this? So I pull up my tracking app and I look at it. I'm like, okay, this was delivered today. This was delivered today. Nothing was supposed to be delivered today, Joe, or yesterday. But I'm like, hey, you know what never got put in my tracking app? The goddamn Swoggle Major Bendy. And what got thrown in a padded envelope, Joe? The Swoggle Major Bendy. But don't worry, Joe, there was lots and lots of padding and like extra cardboard for rigidity. Nope, nope, there was nothing else in there. It was literally a dollar bubble envelope with this figure in there. So I open it up, slide it out, and the bubble, of course, is crushed. All right. 
Ugh. So here's the thing about those figures. If you remember when I had ordered my four pack, I had complained that the cardboard backer was mutilated on all of them. You yeah. know, I was even trying to like shop around in the group. Hey, any Lucy collectors want to sell just the cardboard and nobody bet. Um, so when I look at the packaging for this, the cardboard backer was still mint, meaning that the cardboard backer survived the trip in this bubble envelope better than a boxed shipment from Knick survived. <laughs> oh. So I slide the cardboard thing out, and because you can kind of at that point get at the figure and get at the bubble from the back, I was able to push out the bubble. And it is now currently that one swaggle is the mintest condition overall major bendy that I currently own. <laughs> So out of all of them that I got shipped directly from Kinnick, and then this one that went via the U.S. Postal Service in a bubble envelope, the bubble envelope one is in the best shape. Uh, the Swaga autograph, which is in a green uh, paint pen, uh, is still perfect. Uh, and I, so I'm like, you know what? No harm, no foul. Let me go ahead and just get this feedback out of the way. Let me go ahead and, because I originally thought I was like, okay, this thing's crushed. I'm sending this fucking thing back and getting my money back. But like I said, I popped it out. It looks good. It's better condition than the rest of my bendies. Uh, so I look up this guy, this seller that I bought it from, and I'm like, well, maybe this is somebody who just doesn't sell figures. You know, maybe it's a comic shop. Well, that's a bad example. Maybe it's just some thrift shop that happened to get this one figure and everything else they sell is like T-shirts and sneakers and whatever. Uh, but no, this person exclusively sells autographed toys. So they should know better. And they have a lot of autographed elites and basics up on their website that 1000% would not survive a trip uh, in like a padded envelope. So uh, I was going to leave negative feedback, but because I was able to salvage it and it's like, again, no harm, no foul. I did leave uh, the the neutral, but I, I, I railed into them about how they should know better and yada, yada. But uh, uh, yeah, so that was my my exploit with a, a package it did say do not bend and fragile on it. So kudos to them for trying to honor the postman's code. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm lucky that it survived. So um, you said it's an eBay seller. You said it's someone who primarily deals with toys and figures and stuff like that, right? Yep. Um, hmm. And you said that you did not leave them negative feedback, right? I left the neutral. Yeah, and now, I also see, block I block them from bidding on my stuff, which I always okay. do whenever I leave bad feedback. <laughs> so that was going to be my next question, because I remember there's been times in the past where I've gotten people that contact me freaking out over neutral feedback just as much as negative feedback. Yeah, see, neutral doesn't hurt your score. So, like, if you're 100% positive and you get a neutral, you'll still be 100%. Uh, where negative will knock you down to the 99, 98, whatever it is. So uh, neutral does just show up when you go and look at somebody's feedback. But whenever I have a bad experience with somebody on eBay, for whatever reason, I always block them. So, uh, you know, as a seller, I don't want them to, you know, retaliate. Okay. Now, have they reached out? To, now, with you blocking them. They could be technically still message me if that was your question. Yes. Uh, and they have not. Okay. Did you by any chance see any other neutral comments on their stuff? 
Um, there they had a negative, uh, but it was something like I, I don't even remember. It was like, oh, this got lost and the guy took forever to respond or some shit like that. But it was like, for the most part, the guy had a pretty good resume of like positive feedbacks. You know, okay. it wasn't like I was the first person buying from the guy because he has like a lot of positives where it's like, oh, item arrived great, you know, quickly and safely, you know. Yeah. So like I was very shocked that the figure was sent to me that way. And maybe they assume because the bendies come in that like plastic shell that maybe it would survive it. But, you know, obviously they, the post office will throw a couch on top of a package if they have yeah. to. You know, they don't give a shit, you know. <laughs> Now, and obviously you run into the situation where this guy had poor communication, no tracking, no anything else like that. I've learned when something like that comes, me as the seller, um, that, or um, me as the buyer, rather, if something came late or damaged or whatever it was, I typically try to reach out to the person first Mm -hmm. and just say, hey, I just want to give you the heads up before I leave any feedback. This item came like this. Yeah. If it, or came, it didn't come at all or whatever, right? Yeah. Just to at least give them like that open door to say like, are you going to do something about this? Yeah. Well, because of the fact that I was able to still add the figure to my collection. Right. I, I didn't want to fish for like a, a partial refund or something like that. But for the sake of saving a feller fellow collector the hassle of dealing with this in the future i wanted i still wanted to like give people a heads up so which is why i put the neutral in there you know yeah yeah so like yes in the past i've gotten things sent to me completely damaged and i don't run out and leave any kind of feedback i'll reach out to the seller and just be like hey you know this came crushed or this came you know i whether it be the fault of the post office or their piss poor packing or whatever and i give them the opportunity to do whatever it is like if it's Nine times out of ten, I'll just be like, yo, I'm going to send this back to you. I'm a mint on card guy. You know, this isn't going to cut it for me. You know, go from there. Uh, and I don't often go to the the, the well of leaving bad feedback. Yeah, but yeah. because of the fact that I'm like, all right, I'm keeping this. I was able to fix it. But you should have fucking known better. Yeah. You're getting something. You're getting a little bit of a slap. It's just like, you're not getting negative because I'm keeping it. But you should know better than to send figures like this because nine times out of 10, they're not going to survive. Yeah. You know? So like, that's just a heads up for the next guy. And like I said, this person wasn't what looks to be a professional seller of autograph figures. Uh, you know, I wouldn't have been as strict, but like, this is their business model. They have, uh, you know, 20, 30 figures up for sale, you know? <sighs> you got me all worked up, Joe. All right. Well, <laughs> that's listen. all. That's what all, all heat no heaters is about, right? Yeah, it's a place to vent. It's a safe space. <laughs> that's right. So uh, hopefully that's it. Hopefully no other issues or concerns, right? That's it for for this week. But we'll see what happens over the next seven days. Yeah. Well, we'll see what new pre-orders, if anything, come up that we all have to bite on. Um. Hopefully nothing. But hopefully something for you. I'm sure you'll find something. You know. Yeah, I, I I might make an exception and maybe open up my very tight wallet for once and, and buy something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, for Adam, this is Joe saying thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 184 of Add Us Wrestling. Still be safe out there, everyone, and enjoy some wrestling.
You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.